Today on the Topic Show, Ben Shapiro versus Candace Owens, DeSantis critiques Nikki Haley for wanting to remove anonymous social media profiles, Vivek roasts Nikki Haley's claim that he is sexist, Vivek also goes viral for knowing the discrepancy between Biden, Haley, and Cheney's government salaries versus their net worth, Target is selling a nutcracker with a trans flag and a pride hat, which is starting up some controversy, the Avengers first cast will be all-female, Advanced Auto Parts Q3 results are in, Toyota Camry will soon come as a hybrid only, Warren Buffett exits his holdings of General Motors stock, and the post office hit a $6.5 billion net loss for 2023. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Advanced Auto Parts Q3 results are in. And they looks like they want to decrease their cost by about $150 million and sell two business units. Now, this actually comes to us thanks to an article in WRALtech.com, also known as TechWire. It looks like their third quarter loss was $48.6 million after they actually reported a profit to the same Q3 period in 2022. The company recently named their CEO to announce recently... Grammar is a hell of a thing. But nevertheless, Grammar aside, the company recently replaced a new CEO, and that CEO's vision is to drastically decrease cost, much like pretty much every other company these days. Specifically, they're looking to eliminate about 400 positions, as well as two business units. A new chief financial officer is also joining management, as well as his top e-commerce spot is being eliminated. And shares have fallen 60% since the beginning of the year, which makes me wonder what's their long-term looking like. So let's pull that up really quick. So advanced auto parts, yeah, still pretty penny. Oh, granted, pennies these days are useless because they're 99.99, I believe 999% zinc. It's literally just copper-plated, so pretty much trash. So a better metaphor might be a vintage pretty penny, which is a majority component manufactured made with copper. So their share price is still a pretty vintage penny, Sitting at about $53.91 per share, market cap of $3.2 billion, dividend yield of 1.86%. Now, the bad news is their 52-week high was $158.22. And the 52-week low is $47.73. Now, going to the five-year trend, that's quite concerning. So, the five-year trend for their stock is down 69.91%. So that's pre-pandemic, that's a couple presidencies, that, that's a pretty good sample size, and the trend is not good. Now the past year, they're down 65.73%. Year to date, they're down 64.67%. Past six months trend, they're down 54.37%. Past month, they're, they're about the same, only down 0.13%. Past five days, down 5.4%. It looks like their revenue 
Their employee headcount is actually 53,500 employees. We were around for quite some time. Fundamental Business Facts founded April 29th, 1932. So hopefully they can keep up, well, I was going to say not keep up this trend, turn around this trend, so they can hit that historic mark of having the 100-year mark, which very few companies actually achieve that, I would say, that momentous occasion and the, kind of the place in the history books, so to say, to solidify their business. Now, the stock trend, that's quite concerning. Granted, they do, they pay a little dividends, so they'll keep some people, there will always be a group of investors that are always, always invested and interested into dividend-yielding stocks. Makes sense, they're really paying you to invest in the company and reward you for holding your stock and not selling it. Now, when asked for comment, the new CEO, whose name is Shane O'Kelly, said, quote, since joining Advance, I've partnered with the board and management team to move with speed in conducting a comprehensive review of the business. We are taking decisive actions to position Advance for long-term success and create meaningful value for the shareholders, unquote. Now, he continued to say, quote, today we are announcing initial actions for our review process that allows us to capitalize on significant opportunities ahead. First, we are launching a new cost reduction program that we expect will generate at least $150 million in savings on an annualized basis. We expect to reinvest up to $50 million of these savings in our team members with a clear focus on improving the retention of our frontline team members. At the same time, we have made a strategic decision to focus on our blended box business model and are therefore initiating separate sale processes for WorldPack as well as our Canadian business." Unquote. The business also said that they're going to increase their focus on online sales. Advance is also eliminating its executive vice president merchandising, market, and e-commerce. The executive holding that job, Jason McDonald, will leave the company December 1st. They know that additional cuts will come from the company's Riley headquarters in its field-based positions outside of Riley and its corporate roles outside of North Carolina, the company said. Going to their finances, they know that on a share per share basis, the Riley-based company had a loss of 32 cents per share. Of course, they missed the Wall Street expectations, which again, that's never a good thing. That's what causes a lot of the analysts and a lot of the people to either sell the stock or recommend that people do not purchase the stock and could even affect the stock rating. Now, looks like in terms of Wall Street expectations, the average estimate of 11 analysts surveyed by Zach's Investment Research was for earnings of $1.42 per share. The auto parts retailer posted a revenue of $2.72 billion in the period, which did beat street forecast. Eight analysts surveyed by Zach expected $2.68 billion. Now, Advanced Auto Parts expects full-year earnings to be $1.4 to $1.80 per share, with revenue ranging of $11.25 billion to $11.3 billion. And according to their recent uh, notes as well, they got a new CFO coming on by the name of Ryan Grimsland, and he'll be starting November 27th, right around the corner. And according to the SEC filing, he will be paid a salary of $675,000, which is about $18 after the government steals it, I mean taxes it. Kidding, it's not that bad yet. And he also has a sign-on equity award valued at $1.6 million. And they noted that he brings about 20 years of corporate finance, treasury, financial planning, retail strategy, transformation. So he has a proven track record, rudimentarily speaking. Now the big 500 pound gorilla or the elephant in the room when it comes to all these auto parts companies is, what are they gonna do in the future when all these companies and people think EVs are great? Well, again, EVs are basically smartphones and just as reliable as a smartphone as well. That means 
only GM is going to be able to fix the very specialized, or basically specialized, their EV products with their own proprietary parts. Only Tesla, historically, very much, it wants to do everything in-house. So a mom and pop repair shop isn't going to have the ability to repair that vehicle. Also, the parts for that. They're, I don't see Tesla changing their business model to actually increase the availability of spare parts for the mass market so that third parties can do re repairs and services. Now, granted, there's always going to be the things that every car has for now. I mean, presumably, <clears throat> unless Tesla comes up with a proprietary design for a tire, I mean, you'll always need tires for a vehicle, and that's a lot of third-party support. I mean, historically, you had the OEM manufacturers where they work directly with you know Tesla or GM or Ford, and you can go to a discount tire or somewhere like that to actually repair and get new tires. Now, what, I guess you also have windshield wipers, washer fluid, but a lot of components that you would traditionally use to fix a internal combustion engine that used to be, you have these relationships with, like, with companies like General Motors and Ford and Chrysler, well, now Stellantis, well, they have parts at all these, O'Reilly's, Advanced Auto Parts. Well, that's a big part of their inventory. And also another big part of their inventory is oil. If it's an internal combustion engine, which the upside is those last, this is Japanese, usually about a million miles or darn near close, they have intervals where they'll need always new engine oil. So that's not a repeat sale that Advanced Auto Parts can make because they're coming in to buy the new oil. And they also have the additional revenue stream of selling the used oil to other industries that will use that. And that revenue stream is going to be gone as well. So the more we go into the path of having computerized vehicles that are more proprietary, you're going to have less opportunities for companies like Advanced Auto Parts. You're going to have less opportunities for something like an O'Reilly's. So I'm not sure what the, even some filters, I believe, I'm not sure if you can get a filter from O'Reilly's or Advanced Auto Parts. And that's going to be one of the biggest detriments is the more vehicles become like smartphones and computers on wheels, I mean, the more you're locked into those companies. I mean, they'll argue it's convenience and it's quality control, but I'm not fascinated to see what can you get if you just search Tesla. It looks like they have third-party plugs. So if you go to advancedautoparts.com, they have a plug adapter, and these are Looks like a made manufactured by third parties. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve total parts. One is an air control valve. One is a one is for the you know tire pressure sensor. And one looks like it's just. It's not special to Tesla. It's anything. It's just one of those things where you plug in a cigarette lighter, or as the, as the youth might call it now, the navigation but little little socket in your vehicle. Back in the day, Americans smoked and had more freedom in general. But yeah, that's what I, that's what I still call the cigarette lighter little port you put in your speed detector or radar detector. And let's not count that. So really there's eight results. And again, these are things that you're not gonna buy with frequency. Because again, presumably you buy one of these charger cords or these charger mount kits, and the last, they're moderately durable. Where, again, when you have the internal combustion engine, the traditional automotive manufacturers, the frequency of purchase is much, much greater. So let me know in the comments. I mean, they're talking about revitalizing their business. I wonder if they're really going to try to partner with someone like a Tesla or maybe a Rivian or maybe someone to Apple.
at the end of the day, you'll have your Apple authorized stores, and if you want to go third party, there's a lot of risk involved. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here and how they attempt to transform the company. Let me know what you are thinking. Be fascinating here. What you have to say. Other interesting business news, yeah, the Toyota Camry will become a hybrid only. Rest in peace, bulletproof reliability. Now the Camry is currently the best selling sedan in North America, I believe. And historically speaking, the best vehicle in history by the volume in terms of the number of units sold is actually the Toyota Corolla, which has been around since I believe the 60s. And it's well over 50 million units. And one of the reasons the old Japanese cars are so darn near build-proof is one, there's not a lot of technology in them relative to today's where you have more components, more failure points, but the internal combustion engines that they made were ridiculously reliable. Every time you look on the internet or the interwebs and you see, oh wow, another article about a vehicle hitting a million miles, more often than not, it's a Toyota or a Honda with an internal combustion engine. Because again, once you become a hybrid or an EV, it's a smartphone. As of today, technology changes very quickly and rapidly, so tomorrow might be different, but again, as of today, it's basically a disposable smartphone on wheels, just as locked in and just as detrimental when it comes to the degradation and the detriment being the lithium-ion batteries, which are hard to recycle, expensive as heck to replace, so predictably so, that actually outstrips the value of the vehicle, which is one of the reasons the Prius used to be a terrible vehicle back in the day in terms of third market and having the second and third buyer for that vehicle, because you know, back in, what was this, 2000, I want to say 2012, back then, especially once that car hit about a million, or uh, 100,000 miles, and again, Prius is a, perhaps the most well-known hybrid in history in terms of units sold and just provenance, it's one of those issues where once the batteries died, well, yes, it does have the internal combustion engine, it's a hybrid, but now you have an expensive dead battery that costs more than the vehicle is worth if you want to replace it. So it kind of just became useless. So... That's one of the detriments is you're introducing complexities and now it's not going to be the most reliable car because it's a hybrid. It just won't. Now, it looks like specifically the next generation of the Toyota Camry, which they claim right now is the best-selling car in the U.S. market. This is according to Reuters. And it'll only come in the gas electric hybrid powertrain. And this is as Toyota is trying to push more to the hybrids. And a lot of people are noting that in terms of consumer adoption rates, the EVs are definitely slowing down. I also kind of think everyone who wants an EV already has one by now. There might be a couple more, but I mean, the majority of those consumers, I think, are already satisfied. Well, moderately satisfied. They're not going to be happy with the long-term cost of those vehicles if they ever try to you know, resell or try to maintain it. But nevertheless, there are many products in the market now. And if you look at what the raised rate of adoption, it's hybrids. Some people argue it's the best of both worlds. I mean, I'll, granted, I'm someone who likes to buy a product and use it for pretty much my whole lifetime, looking for a good durable ROI, which is why I have a good Honda Core or Civic with three pedals, also known as manual transmission and internal combustion engine, which is the most fun you can have in a vehicle, bar none. I can't recommend it enough. It's exhilarating and it's darn near bulletproof in terms of reliability. Now. This notes that the newest model coming in will be the 2025 Camry and it will have a combined 2.5 liter gasoline engine and an electric drive system to deliver more power in both front wheel and all wheel drive versions. This according to Toyota. They noted that the compliance with tougher US fuel economies rules in a factor of Toyota's decision to make the new Camry all hybrid, dropping its four and six cylinder combustion models that made up 85% 
of sales in the current model year. Now, David Christ, who is the head of Toyota brand in North America, told Reuters another factor behind the decision was, quote, the performance we were able to get out of a hybrid, unquote. Which, some might call a moronic statement or mentally vacuous, but not to drive this home for the thousandth time, but people usually are not buying a Toyota for performance. They're buying it because it's reliable. I mean, you know it'll last over 200,000 miles easy. A million miles if you take good care of it. The last quarter of a century, my family still drives a 2001 Honda Accord. It has an internal combustion engine and it's hard to be that reliability. So, I'll be interested to see what this does to their brand, because again, Toyota's known for making the most reliable vehicles, bar none, basically. And again, the Prius was already chiseling away at that brand, because again, as I noted earlier, once the battery life is depleted, the cost of the battery is prohibited to replace on that thing, and it just basically became an ICE engine with a heavy battery as ballast. Now, the downside is the government regulations. The government is bullying these companies to do this, and they're forced to make more and more EVs and more and more hybrids, the actual effects of the environment be damned, or the long-term ROI to the consumer, what's gonna help out the consumer the most. So I understand that it is a big factor why so many of these automotive manufacturers are pushing these types of products and starting to sunset some of their traditional, more reliable products. Now, the Toyota claims its acceleration of development of electric vehicles is still betting on demand for the hybrids and plug-ins, remains robust, and they're taking a quote-unquote multi-pathway approach to see, seeking to satisfy consumer needs in every market. Which again, you, you just give a middle finger to 85% of your customers, 85% purchase the traditional internal combustion engine Camry. Partially because they know it'll last their lifetime, or darn near. The hybrids, again, there might be a new battery technology tomorrow. That's how I always have to have that caveat because technology moves very quickly. There's a lot of research and development going on all the time. But right now, it's not so good. And they, they brag about the new electric hybrid all-wheel system will deliver 232 combined, combined horsepower, nearly 15% more than the outgoing Cam Camry with this mechanical all-wheel drive system, which I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying no one cares. Now, I, I, I'm, a, I'm lost for words at the moment. I'll just say it. Nobody cares. No one has ever purchased a Toyota knowing the horsepower. The only exception being the Supra, which we could debate another time, another hour, which is mostly BMW. Or perhaps the, well, it used to be the Scion RS, which is now the Toyota 86. No one, uh, I would venture to bet 99% of people who ever go to a Toyota dealership don't know the horsepower of the vehicle. They do not care about the horsepower of the vehicle. I, they are going there for one reason or the reason alone. Reliability and a track record of decades upon decades upon decades of proving that reliability. So let me know in the comments. I, I don't think this is going to be great because they're taking away that choice from the consumer. And again, they're also noting that the cost is going to go up too because of course, because it's more complexity, more precious metals. They're knowing that the cost of the, the hybrid powertrains will sell at about $1,500 to $2,000 over the old ICE engine. And it's currently rated for, you know, current Camry rated for 52 miles per gallon, which again, I would also say reliability. Nope, know your brand. I mean, yes, the Prius is perhaps one of the most well-known hybrids and they brag about the fuel economy and they did get some consumers, but I don't know, let me know if you think differently. I just don't think this will be good for their brand long-term because inherently there's less reliability with those types of things. And I think that was what built the success of the company. But granted, 
we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how things turn out. Other interesting business news, you have Warren Buffett exiting his holdings of General Motors stock. Now, also is worth noting what their general stock trend is, and it is, ooh, not so good. Now, GM is currently, and granted this fluctuates every two seconds because it's public trade, but as of the time of this recording, granted I have to edit it and upload it, it's $27.65 per share, which on its face value, that's it's a little more than a fast food restaurant, I suppose, order. Now, the issue is the trend. In the past five years, GM's stock is down 22.66%. In the past one year alone, it's down 28.1%. Year to date, they're down 18.2%. The past six months, they're down 12.3%. One month alone, they're down 7.98%. Now, interestingly enough, in the past five days, they are up, but only by 3.59%. And this as the UAW appears to have finally ratified the ratified rather the deal with General Motors, which should, I was going to say, I'm actually surprised it didn't tank the stock because of the shareholders being concerned about the absorbent price of the labor and subpar performance in many cases, not all, which gives them a huge competitive disadvantage over the myriad of competitors like Tesla, who are beating them ten, oh, was it eight days a week or something to that effect, as GM tries to go full EV and enter that category. So their trend is not doing great for their stock. Now, if you look at Warren Buffett historically, which I, I understood why he made the investment, although I would have been hesitating because you always have the big 500 pound elephant in the room, which is the UAW, which is why their labor is so expensive. And some people might say why the results are so subpar in terms of build quality and effectiveness in terms of number of units produced. But nevertheless, that's a huge detriment to the business and why some investors, I would I would venture to say why they don't invest in GM and why they choose other competitors who are more cost efficient as well as more reliable. And Berkshire, I mean, Warren Buffett, traditionally he buys staples. So he buys things like soap, insurance, things that have been around since the dawn of time and things that he perceives as stable, which you could argue GM is stable in regards that they've been around since the dawn of time. I mean, ever since Billy Durant founded the company by combining Oldsmobile and Buick way back in the day, they've been a part of the Americana. Now, they've also subsequently gone bankrupt two or three times. It's one of those reoccurring uh, elements of the business. The most recent bankruptcy, because you have to clarify which one, was in 2009 after the recession of the housing crisis. And one of the biggest cost line items was also the union labor and all of the myriad of benefits, which was a huge contributing factor why they went bankrupt. Now, this looks like to come thanks to a filing for Berkshire Hathaway. And a lot of people are speculating that it could be because they saw a strike coming and even though they expected a short strike, a higher labor costs were on the uncertainty. Let's see here. And this was back in 2012, he actually acquired 100 million shares in GM, but the firm's stake had grown and shrunk over the past decade and made results in other developments. So past, in 2012, let's go back to that stock trend. So 2012, so did he make money on this? Yeah, he did. So in 2012, again, I'm ballparking, let's go 2011. So in January 2012, they're about $25 per share. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he didn't do good. So it looks like, again, I'm looking at 2012, it fluctuated quite a bit. 
it looks like between tw uh, 2011. Yeah, so at the lowest in 2012, probably around $20, $19 per share. And as of today, again, it's $27 per share. So he probably made a little bit of a profit, but it's, again, it's not as, the growth of the company is not as stable as others, and it's not as consistent in terms of, you know, having a positive trajectory. So I'm not too surprised he chose to exit it. And given this development, I can't help but think you're going to see a lot of companies liquidate their stocks options with GM. Just get rid of it. Because again, Warren Buffett is extremely, extremely articulate and careful in all his business decisions and all of his investments. I mean, it's hard to say or pinpoint a time where he's lost money. It happens so rarely. Probably more successful stock trader in history is Nancy Pelosi's husband, which I, I guess he's just that good. It's definitely not because they're manipulating the market or insider trading. Heaven forbid, I've never suggested that. But Warren has a really good proven tracker, and a lot of people just trade based on his recommendations, and they just kind of copy what Berkshire Hathaway is doing. Granted, they're a little bit, they're always going to be a little bit late to the game, but you know, historically speaking, and that's worked out for many people, though I don't give financial advice myself. I usually tell people the best gambling you do is just gamble on yourself, learn to trade for our business. But nevertheless, let me know in the comments, is this a signal that people should sell their GM stock? And then how low do you think it will go? I mean, there, it looks like, again, this is a tentative agreement, and there's the breaking news right now meaning it could finally be done with the UAW having that new contract solidified, but that's also increasing the cost by billions. At the same time, Tesla has a lower cost of labor. Tesla does not have dealerships. And the reason I keep saying Tesla is because the CEO journalist, Mary Barra, she wants to compete with Tesla directly. That's the number one logo she refers to as they're going through their business transformation. And she wants to make the company all EV. Cadillac, her plan is to have full EV by 2030, whole GM fleet be 20, uh, completely EV by 2035, even though the company was built by the Bulletproof V8 that they developed it. And I would say that's probably the most iconic thing GM has ever made is the good old-fashioned internal combustion engine with eight cylinders of perfection. Of course, it's only really perfection is if, it, if it is mounted to a manual transmission with three pedals, as all vehicles should be by default, but nevertheless. Let me know in the comments, would you be interested? Are you thinking you're gonna liquidate your sale of GM stock? Or you think, is anyone gonna invest in GM lately? And especially in light of this news. Let me know, be fascinated here, what you have to say. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Ben Shapiro versus Candace Owens. The gloves are off, although I don't know if they box. So perhaps more an apt metaphor might be the debate stage is set, perhaps. Now, Candace Owens is part of the Daily Wire, I believe. She's technically considered a contractor. She's not like full. In... It's a very interesting relationship when it comes to content creators and certain media companies, but she's very much her own voice. And when it comes to Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro, she and he have taken, and again, he's the co-creator, co-founder of the Daily Wire, which is one of the most fastest growing conservative media companies headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. And they're best well known for, you know, Ben Shapiro. They also have Michael Knowles. You have Jeremy Boring being another co-founder. And then other personalities include Matt Walsh, as well as the comic section with Brett Cooper, as well as, well, I was going to say more recently, you also had Jordan Peterson joined the company as well. And Ben Shapiro, historically speaking, his family is, is Israeli. So his family, I believe, his parents, I'm not sure if they were born in Israel, but they were raised in the Jewish part of New York. And Ben Shapiro is very proud of his Jewish heritage. It's a big part of who he is and his culture. 
And we had this huge controversy, both globally, but also in the United States, in terms of politics and people and division of parties and opinions. Where we have Palestine, we have Israel, and the Republican Party especially has been bifurcated and split. A lot of people who are taking the isolationist perspective, saying the United States shouldn't get involved in anything globally. They should be, you know, we fix the problems in our own backyard, so to say. And then the other most popular opinion is saying that Israel's an ally, we have a lot of mutual beneficial relationships with them, and we should be supporting them at all costs. And in terms of my historical knowledge of the Palestine-Israel conflict, it's rudimentary to say the least. I mostly know the business relationships between the United States and Israel, and I know a lot of fun facts about the cybersecurity as well as the defense technologies that the companies, well, I say the companies, the countries share with each other, probably the most famous one being the helmet for the F-35 Lightning II manufactured by Lockheed Martin, that was a big parent company, or the, the defense contractor that led the project for the jet. But the most break, one of the most breaking fascinating technologies was the helmet for the F-35 Lightning II. That was manufactured by Elbit Systems, which is the Lockheed Martin of Israel, although they do have a corporation or their headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas for their United States, Texas operations for Elbit Systems. And they created that revolutionary helmet where it is a $4,000 helmet, so you would think it'd be good. And it's a revolutionary thing in which no matter where the pilot is looking, they can actually see through the plane, very, almost like a video game. So if they look down, they don't see their feet, they actually see through the plane, which is a revolutionary technology and is a huge benefit. And of course, in terms of cybersecurity, there are many breaking, like, not light speed, but cutting edge cybersecurity technologies. I was gonna say, if someone invents light speed, let me know in the comments, make my car a little faster. Nevertheless, there's some fascinating cybersecurity technology. So in terms of business, there are a lot of, I believe a lot of business mutual relationships that foster because of the partnerships and the cohesions between the countries. Now, Candace Owens specifically, she has been taking more of the America first idea and she's saying, you know, why are we getting involved in this across the globe? It, you know, it's nothing to do with us. And ben, the whole conflict started, in my opinion, when Ben Shapiro was actually caught filming, or sorry, someone was actually filming Ben Shapiro at a private event in which he was actually saying how much of a disgrace Candace Owens was. And I'm trying to pull up the specific clip now, basically calling her behavior abhorrent. He didn't agree with her. And she also shot across the bow, so to say. So as I'm trying to pull up these first clips, and these clips are perhaps the most viral I've seen from the Daily Wire in of itself. So there's even some people actually also believing, well, are they just doing this for publicity? Because more people were talking about the Daily Wire than ever before, and there are more eyeballs on this issue than ever before. You look at the views of these videos and the statements they're putting out, they're perhaps the most popular statements they've made in years by number of views. Now, pulling up, trying to find that, and I apologize for the delay here, a little technical issues this morning. Let's see. Owens. Spelling usually helps. Here we go. So this is the first clip that started to catch a lot of people's attention. And this has been, it looked to be like to be a private event in which Ben was speaking out against her behavior. And without further ado, I'll go ahead and I'll play that clip really quick. Yes, uh, the, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this is So he's saying she still works for my company. Yeah. 
That annoying TikTok noise, never, I'll never not get annoyed by that. Now, in terms of the follow-up, Candace Owens, one of the statements that was the most viral came a couple of days ago when she said this, quote, blessed are the peacekeepers for all, ah, grammar be damned, let me reset that, I apologize. I don't know if there's a cure for stuttering. I've My theory is that if you click the subscribe button, it may help it. If you've been a long-time subscriber or if you tuned in for a couple videos, you perhaps have noticed a rudimentary, a little, little bit of increase every single episode, perhaps. And I theorize that is because there are more people subscribing. Every time that button clicks, my stuttering goes away. My enunciation increases. My pontification is even more articulate. And I attempt to slow down my rate of speech so it's a little more comprehensible. Now, I'm not a doctor. However, it might very well be the cure. Click today and we will slowly find out together. That being said, this is a quote from Candace Owens on her Twitter, or as 18 people call it, X. She says, quote, Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye, wide men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one to one and despise the other. One cannot serve both God and money. Unquote. And that got 13.9 million likes. Scratch that. Views. 65,000 likes. Now, in terms of views, again, that has to be just going to her main profile right now. And she's probably, at least on Twitter, or again, X, she's probably one of the most popular Daily Wire um personalities and reporters or she's got 4.4 million followers on twitter and most of her statements and tweets are usually getting between 100,000 300,000 views on twitter i'd say that's a good average as i'm scrolling through her profile and again this got 13.5 million now, interestingly enough, I can't but wonder, as we have this very divisive, controversial issue and topic, what are the comments going to look like? Mostly positive? Mostly vitriol? Let's dive in and find out. Now, again, it got 13.9 million views and 65,000 likes. She also had another comment. She responded to her own initial statement. She says, Crisis King, unquoking, 2.1 million likes. Again, reverse that. 2.1 million views and 39,000 likes. First comment I see is from Owen Schroeber saying, quote, go Candace, go, unquote, getting 1.5 thousand likes and 228,000 views. Someone by the name of Mike Colligal says, quote, support the Second Amendment, making pe good people helpless won't make them bad people harmless, unquote, getting 2,000 likes. C.G. Bryson says, quote, glad you're posting Bible verses. Keep reading, unquote, getting 29,000 likes. Juliet Barnett says, quote, I don't think passive-aggressive social media post is what the Bible means by peacekeepers, unquote. That got 3,000 likes. So looks like a couple of the negative statements are starting to brew to the surface. Wonder what that ratio is going to look like. George Galloway simply says, amen, getting 2,000 likes. Heather Mama says, quote, with respect, this isn't it. You aren't being a peacekeeper in your stance recently. All you had to say was, 
I don't know enough about the situation to comment on it properly right now because blessed are the humble too. It's okay to admit you don't know. The wisest admit they know nothing, praying for you genuinely and the DW family. Getting, they got about half a million views and 2.7 thousand likes. Let's see here. JD Sharp says, quote, Tucker Carlson's new media company is patiently waiting, unquote, gained 3.1 thousand likes. Amy Libby says, quote, weaponizing scripture to make a really disgusting jab at your employer, classy, unquote, gained 2.5 thousand likes. Sit down, boofhead says, quote, you cannot serve both God and money, unquote, cough, cough, Ben Shapiro, cough, cough, unquote, got 3.2 thousand likes. Mr. Bass says, quote, Christ is King, unquote, getting 657 likes. Autumn Grupner says, quote, Amen, gave 4.7 thousand likes. J.D. Sharp says, quote, Dear Benoside Shapiro, unquote, getting Shakespearean up in here, this gentleman is, by making up words, but nevertheless, that statement did get 796 likes. Han Shawnity says, quote, Candace claiming victimhood again. She's not very different from BLM after all. Unquote. Gained 1,000 likes. Ender Max says, quote, he, he was right. Unquote. Gained 1.1 thousand likes. Let's see here. So it looks like, uh, I'd say mostly positive in support of her, although a lot of people are supportive of the original passage from the Bible, I don't, they don't seem to be, I don't know if they're not connecting it with the situation she is inferring with, and a lot of people are arguing she is inferring that Israel should decrease her operations against, specifically Hamas in Palestine, and that's why she's calling for peace, and of course there are a lot of other people saying, hey, if someone come and punch you in the face, would you not fight back? Is an extremely complex issue with history going back literally further than I've been alive. Now, in terms of Ben Shapiro and his statements, and again, his response to her statement that I just read you talking about, you know, you can't worship money and God and bless the peacekeepers. Well, Ben said, quote, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. Which is perhaps Ben Shapiro's most viewed comment or tweet or as tall people call it x on the post post on the x reverse that they got 22 million views which again that is bar none the most viewed comment by ben shapiro i would venture to say well certainly this calendar year but i'd say in years now interestingly enough again he's the co-creator of the daily wire and of course he has his famous daily show and It'd be interesting to see what are the comments like do they more support ben is he going to get ratioed as the youth might call it let's dive in and find out someone by the name of cernovich says quote must be too expensive to fire her would require paying out all or some of the contract anyway chill out man you've been wrong about most everything from trump in 2016 to the covid vaccine to the middle eastern wars you supported if anyone needs to pray humi for humility it's you unquote Again, that's the first most popular comment. It got 
19,000 likes. I have 831,000 views. So that's quite a few likes. Now the other top response, now I don't wanna say this person fails at marketing, but this person's profile name is Shu, but in fact is a picture of a woman in a jacket. So, not the best marketing. Nevertheless, this alleged Shu, but probably a real person nevertheless, this individual says, quote, why don't you get off Twitter and talk to your employee face-to-face? -face? Watching her publicly execute you on the TL has been more gruesome than some of the footage I've seen come out of Gaza, unquote. It got 17,000 likes. And thus far, he sees, appears to be ratioed. Let's keep going down. Candace chimes in, and actually, she responds. She says, quote, you have not, you have been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now, and we have all had to sit back and allow it and have all tried to exercise exceeding understanding of your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come from scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it, unquote. Now, Candace's response got 7.2 million views and 70,000 likes. And again, we'll do one or two responses to her responses. Now, one of the most famous one, which is by the name of Cat Turd, this individual, although alleged cat, we don't know if it's really a cat, nevertheless, Cantor says, quote, never could stand Ben, glad, glad you're all finally catching up, unquote. I got 11,000 likes. See here. Tammy Marla responded to Candace's post saying, quote, when Shapiro told Joe Rogan verse, Jesus was just some guy trying to overthrow the Romans, he lost me forever, how hubris will destroy him, unquote. Got 8.8 thousand likes. Anya Parapil says, quote, we recognize and admire your bravery, Candace. Got 1.8 thousand likes. Max says, quote, Candace, everyone knows why you, quote, unquote, oh, this is awkward. It's a quote within a quote. Nevertheless, I'll attempt to read it as written. Candace, everyone knows why you, quote, quoted scripture, unquote. As grammarly awkward that sounded, that did get 2.9. Again, 2.9 thousand likes. Raw Alerts says, quote, this is why social media platform is the best. It's always full of entertainment and drama, unquote. Getting 4.3 thousand likes. Now we're going to go back to the original tweet by Ben Shapiro. So again, the first three comments, one was from Cernovich, getting 19,000 likes. One was from Shu, alleged Shu, it's a girl in a jacket. That got 17,000 likes. Candace got... 70,000 likes to his response. Continuing, somebody of E says, quote, Ben Shapiro got triggered by, quote, or sorry, hashtag real Candace Owens quoting the Bible, OMG, unquote, that got 10,000 likes. Phoenix Ammunition says, quote, looks like we're having trouble controlling the height of flames, unquote, Ben, got 1.5 thousand likes. Now, when it comes to quoting the Bible, Again, if it was a regular quote on an average day of the week, I don't think there would be ha I don't think there'd be any controversy except for the people who hate the Bible. But in this case, a lot of people are saying she's quoting it to relate it to her situation and fit her perspective. And in this case, throw shade at her employer, as the youth might say, which again is kind of awkward to do that to your employer. And it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Now, someone by the name of Lauren Chen says, quote. Candace has been perfectly respectful and consistent in her commentary over the past few weeks. She's been anti-or or and America first. She's even had someone from the other side of the issue on her show for a civil conversation. And she certainly hasn't launched any ad homs against 
people who disagree with her, yet you've now, now attacked her publicly multiple times. It seems very personal and out of left field, unquote. It got 6.8 thousand likes. Someone by the name of 9mm SMG, though not the best marketing since they don't have a picture of a 9mm or an SMG, it appears to be a dog, but nevertheless, this alleged 9mm SMG says, quote, Imagine getting ratioed by your own employee on your own post, unquote. I got 7.7 thousand likes. It's quite a pretty penny. Three letter letterman says, quote, sadly, Candace has already confirmed that her waterbed is heavily financed. And it's a picture of her blocking him. I got 2.3 thousand likes. Someone by the name of Morgan Ariel says, quote, leaving the Daily Wire would be the best possible thing for her career, unquote. Got 3.4 thousand likes. Let's see. So, another very popular comment, someone by the name of Mitchell says, quote, Ben, I don't care about your feelings. Ben, when someone is criticized Israel, and it's a picture of Ben with short blue hair and a earring, they got 4.9 thousand likes. Brianna Joe Gray says, quote, you're trying to cancel her, Ben, unquote, getting 6.6 thousand likes. Joey Manayaro says, quote, we're going to follow Candace, S-Y-I, got 6.7 thousand likes. Daniel Hardy, I apologize if you're listening, Mr. Daniel, but I, I'm certainly going to butcher this, or the odds are not in my favor. Nevertheless, I will make the attempt. Someone by the name of Daniel Hakiatu Jahu says, quote, what's hilarious is that just quoting the Bible and calling for peace is too pro-Palestine, for this Jewish extremist, unquote. That got 8.5 thousand likes. Dr. Anastasia Maria Lupus says, quote, Ben, what happened to the 40 beheaded babies, unquote? Got 8.7 thousand likes, actually. Uh, someone by the name of Sneeko says, uh, the soft N-word? The N-word doesn't believe in heaven, or this one. Unquote, that got 6.6 thousand likes. Unfiltered Boss, actually, trying to, trying to give a balance. So I'm, so I'm reading the ones that have the most likes and also are in order. Someone by the name of Unfiltered Boss says, quote, I'm no fan of Shapiro, but he is 100% right, unquote. That did get 484 likes. A lot of people, oh, let's see here. Black conservative educator says, quote, y'all don't have each other phone numbers. Carry on though, unquote, get 838 likes. A comment in which they, Candace was on a, I believe it was actually Tucker Carlson, and she said that they don't, they haven't even texted each other about this particular uh, rigmarole or this issue between the two people. Norm Cruz says, quote, I bet it's awful, or I bet you'd be awful to work for, unquote, get 1.1 thousand likes. see here all right so a couple more supportive of Ben so Red Wave Press says quote Candace has really fallen off I don't agree with a lot of things she says or does she was buddy buddy with Kanye when he was saying anti-semitic things follow if you agree it got 507 likes Pradeep Shaker says quote she values money over her principles unquote getting 670 likes Mel says quote you had 24 hours and this was the best you can do unquote got 361 likes See. 
Matthew J. Shao says, quote, Shapiro needs to stand down on this one. Got 522 likes. Here's someone, a proud elephant, who does get an A- for marketing. The profile picture is, in fact, of an elephant. Though the emoji they chose to use on the profile name is an eagle, which is good, but not an elephant. So they do not get any plus marking. Nevertheless, the proud elephant says, quote, she's annoyed and delusional anyways. You should have fired her ages ago, unquote. Got, I got 243 likes. Adam Green says, quote, the Shapiro seething intensifies, getting, unquote, getting 797 likes. Xavier says, quote, why was this not an email? You know this used to be Twitter, right? Unquote, got 695 likes. Let's see here. Omar Gaffar says, quote, Ben Shapiro hates Christians, unquote, getting 611 likes. Though, again, I don't know how, I don't really believe that, considering if you look at the demographics of the people who work at the Daily Wire, I mean, especially the personalities, a majority of them are Catholic or Christian. Hey, Michael Knowles is a very proud of his Catholicism beliefs. And again, that's something that Ben didn't like him going and promoted him. Michael Knowles started off as an internal employee at the Daily Wire, and they promoted him to be an actual personality and actually a podcaster for the show. So again, I don't think that statement holds any weight. Let's see here. Wow, someone simply Dre's Van Lusion says, quote, Candace Owens greater than sign, Ben Shapiro got 490 or 471 likes. So there are, let's see here. Uh, I, again, I'm scrolling trying to give a balanced perspective of all the statements. Uh, yeah, needless to say, as the youth might say, he was certainly ratioed. Because again, I found, a, I'm scrolling through and I saw a couple positive responses, but it looks like overwhelmingly are against him for this particular tweet. Now, at the end of the day, it'll be interesting to see, does Candace Owens leave the Daily Wire? I can't help but suspect they Daily Wire would not want that because she's a big benefit to the company overall. She does provide some balance. Most of the statements and the stances that she takes on issues are contrarian to Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, the Brett Cooper show, the different pers um, podcasters and personalities that they have on their shows. So she does give some balance and a different perspective to them, and I'm sure she also brings a unique audience to them. So it'll be interesting to see, does she quit and go work with Tucker Carlson or go to an alternative media company? What does her contract look like? Is, it, is she an employee at will where they could each party could end the contract if they so choose to? Is she locked in for a couple of years? Is it a multi-year agreement? Let me know in the comments. Do you think Daily Wire would be losing a lot of their audience as well as, I was going to say, do you think the company will be better off with or without her? And at the end of the day, I wonder who's going to make that decision. I mean, Ben Shapiro, he, he's just saying you can quit if you want. We'd be interested to see. But yet another controversy in the conservative media companies and it'll be interesting to see how it breaks down and what happens to the audiences. And hopefully at the end of the day, everyone is able to find gainful employment and no one's unemployed for too long and the companies are both stronger after this and everyone's happy. But it's hard to say how, as, my, as a grandma would say, but, you know, how will the cookie crumble? It'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments. If cancel and quits the Daily Wire, would you cancel your Daily Wire subscription and in turn pay for a subscription service in which she, a platform that she chooses or she goes independent? Or would you just continue with your daily wire renewal?
be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Target being critiqued for selling a nutcracker, holding a trans flag while wearing a pride hat, as well as having Santa in a wheelchair and being African-American. Will this boost their sales? I would say probably not. Now, this is thanks to a Twitter account by the name of hashtag and wokeness, which I was gonna say A plus for marketing, it's got the cliche alpha male profile picture, and it even says, I support the current thing. So you presumably know exactly what you're getting with this profile picture. A plus marketing, you know what it is. And I can't believe they actually got the hashtag. I can't imagine how many people wanted it. Usually you have to have 12 million zeros and ones and exclamation points to actually get a profile, you know, a Twitter handle. But nevertheless, this comes from End Wokeness. The first picture is of the Nutcracker. And it looks like the color of the Nutcracker's uniform is also trans with the pride flag under his beard. So it's super emboldened. Some people say the most offensive part is that it's $12, which on that note alone, it's a marketing fail. Again, it should be, anytime it comes to them, retail especially, is a fascinating human phenomenon and psychology trick. If you hear $11.99 for an item, you will think it's $11. Despite the fact that with most Texas, well, Texas is 8.25% sales tax, realistically, it's going to be more than that. I usually round it up to 10%, so if it's $11.99, round it to $12, probably $12.12 per, per the item give or take. So the fact that all these, I guess in terms of equality, all their nutcrackers seem to be $12. They also have a nutcracker of a kitten, a dog, a, a unicorn. When was there a unicorn in Christmas? This is getting out of hand, folks. Uh, and one looks like it's the abominable snowman. Like that makes slightly more sense than a unicorn, but the unicorn has pink hair. But nevertheless, to the topic at hand, it actually has a trans flag that's holding on to, and the hat of this nutcracker is also pride. And I just looked, the eyeliner looks like it's blue as well, which I, I don't know. I was about to say this. I mean, I thought nutcrackers are all guys. They have a beard, but again, that might be a controversy for another time in and of itself. Now, Target's already been in hot water because they had their satanic materials earlier this year. And when I say that, I'm not being bombastic or exaggerating. The designer from the UK was a self-proclaimed Satanist, and he, or I forgot the legend, I forget the story of the pronouns, but nevertheless, this individual had a pin that you could buy at Target that had a picture of Satan. And it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was an enamel pin. It was high quality. It just, you know, wasn't a stamp press one with just a piece of paper. But that pin literally said on it, it was a picture of Satan, and it said in bold print, Satan respects pronouns. Now, they also had the controversy with, at the same time where they had the pride section for the kids as well as the swimsuit for trans, was it trans women or trans men, for the individual who just wants to, to uh, tuck their junk or ears, cover your ears if you have children listening, if they want to tuck their balls behind them. It, that was a huge controversy in and of itself, and it caused, I believe, one of the biggest boycotts since the Bud Light boycott. Not granted, nothing's been that as successful as the Bud Light boycott in terms of physically damaging the company. Now, Target is still at an all-time low, and they have many... They have many issues with the company in addition to cultural. I say this because this is going to be, I mean, we haven't even looked at the comments, but just on its face value, it's going to be controversial. I don't know the percentage of Americans who agree with these two toys or novelty items, but it's something where it's not mass acceptable in the United States. 
it had, I mean, it is a telling of our time where, they, of course, they would never have a nutcracker holding an American flag. I mean, heaven forbid, they'd get canceled for that, I would suspect. Now, this tweet has 3.4 million views and 15,000 likes. So as a youth might say, it is going viral. And again, there's always been a, uh, I mean, personally, I don't care about having um, a race swap with Santa. It's a little unusual if you're used to the traditional books that you're reading growing up in the films. But I don't know, I want to say that controversy, it didn't die down, but I remember even when I was a kid, they started to introduce that theme. And it didn't seem like a lot of people were really making a big deal out of it. So I don't think that part of these, I don't know if these are toys or decorations, I don't really think that will be a point of contention with a lot of people. It, it's certainly unusual that Santa is in a wheelchair. And I, again, it's, I think he has magic, so I guess he uses that to get down the chimney, but I, I'm just saying there's not a lot of chimneys with wheelchair ramps that I know of. Now, there also looks to be a couple white Santas in the wheelchairs, so got a little diversity there. Now, again, 3.4 million views Let's go to the comments and see. Are they mainly viscerally roasting Target for doing this? Or are they overwhelmingly praising the company? Let's dive in find out. One of the very first responses coming from AstroCat9000, who, actually don't get this out too often, but they do get an A-plus marketing because the picture is of a cat with glowing eyes. So it looks almost like a robot, like a, I would guess a nomenclature 9000 implies. So, good marketing. So the AstroCat, although cats can't talk, so alleged cat, says, quote, I hope black paraplegic Santa brings me a new metal detector this year, unquote. They got 1.9 thousand likes with a prayer emoji as well. One bad dude says, quote, go woke, go broke. Why do people support these businesses that don't support us, unquote. They got 144 likes. Let's see, Capitalist Mike says, quote, Target is a woke corporation that will end up losing all their customers one way or another due to weakness, unquote. I got 135 likes. Now, that being said, they're also worth billions upon billions of dollars. And again, there's a market for these products, mostly San Francisco, but it's not zero. At the end of the day, the real question is, is the number of customers you're alienating greater than the number of customers you're gaining from these types of initiatives? Now, for the current demographics and belief systems in the United States, I would suspect that at the current time, no, absolutely not. But again, if the growth rates increase at the same rates, uh, generation over generation, in regards to LGLB, uh, L, uh, I can say, I get the letters mixed up every once in a while, but the LGBT, as well as these other initiatives, long-term, over 50 years, 100 years, it should, statistically speaking, it would be wildly successful for Target. Again, the growth rates have to stay consistent as they have throughout the past generations. But I also don't suspect the company is thinking in terms of a long-term vision, I suspect they're looking for short-term news headlines, as well as another big thing if you're publicly traded is their DEI score. It has a huge impact on your, not just financing when you go to the banks, but people who are investing in the company and the largest investors in the world, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, and not, what's the other one? The other one is, has, uh, not Homestead. Their name is not good enough. They're not great at marketing for me to remember at the moment, but they're initiating and they're pushing these scores. So if you want the big dollars, again, they control like over, about $70 trillion in assets, that's a lot of investment dollars. So this is a multifaceted, multivariable issue. It's not just happening just because of one thing. Now, again, going back into the comments, someone by the name of D. McLaughlin says, quote, they're trying really hard to go bankrupt themselves, unquote. That person did get 214 likes. Kyle Becker says, quote, what's target, unquote. They got 288 likes. 
Someone did a picture of the SpongeBob episode where they have the fish saying, how many times do we have to teach old man? And the person says they mean, the person by the name of Ethos says, quote, everyone getting ready to boycott Target again until they go bankrupt? That got 239 likes. Someone by the name of Jesus Insight says, quote, praying for our country, unquote, getting 137 likes. Funitz says, quote, how on earth is he supposed to go down the chimney, unquote, getting 446 likes. Libercrat TM says, quote, we're talking about the same target that went after kids with tucked friendly suits, right? Unquote. And that actually has a picture of the Target logo with Target kids in the LGBT, the, uh, wait, the gay, gay pride and the trans flag, the, the, those colors being the colors of the letters for the Target kids that they spell out under the Target logo. That got 252 likes. Wow. Somebody by name of, again, this comes from Libercrat TM says, quote, O-F-F-S, cover your ears, but I'm moderately sure that says for F's sake. Now, the meme or the picture, which they actually post, says raise your hand if you're tired of this crap. Unquote. That got 718 likes. Well, now I'm curious. What is their stock at right now? This came out a couple days ago. Yeah, it's not even down 1%. In fact... What the heck? Earnings center. Okay, that's why. So they, actually, the Q3 earnings were quite good. I was wondering how how the stock jumped up. Their stock in the past five days jumped up by twenty percent. I mean, specifically twenty point seven six percent. But who's counting? Well, I guess I am. But nevertheless, yeah, the current market cap is fifty nine point six four billion dollars. They actually have a pretty good dividend yield of three point four percent. So again, this is moderately breaking news. But yeah, it looks like their Q3 was pretty good. We'll do a breakdown of that probably in the next episode. Do a little analysis there. But yeah, that, I was going to say, it was, that was pretty interesting. Going back to the comment section, they say, Meme, meme um, Lives says, quote, Why are sales down so much? Target next month, unquote. 573 likes. Sally says, quote, who the heck shops at Target still? I have not stepped inside one since the tuck it underwear debacle. Banned for life. I'm quoting 618 likes. Close says, quote, where's Satan Santa? I'm quoting 15 likes. Final cut, MI says, quote, why is Santa in a wheelchair though? I'm quoting 28 likes. Sarah Garcia says, quote, I wouldn't know, have not set foot in a Target since Tuckgate. I'm quoting 73 likes. Biao says, quote, boycott Target now, unquote, getting 119 likes. Now, again, in terms of samples, yeah, in terms of sample size, this comes from a profile on Twitter that is a hashtag at and wokeness. So, presumably, most of the people that follow this individual, they are of the same political mindset. So, take that variable into account every time we're talking about statistics or these, you guys got to remember your sample size. So, I believe the sample size is a little bit shifted than perhaps a huge, again, you're never going to, It'd be pretty inconceivable to have the resources necessary to do like a poll of every American in the United States. But again, this is a little bit of a skewed poll, but I do think overall in terms of the whole United States and what the feedback will be from this particular issue, I think there's gonna be a fair amount of people who either continue the boycott because they already believe in the current boycott that they're doing, or they'll expand the boycott, they'll start to tell their friends about it, and the moms will tell each other all the other moms. 
Can't help but think I've never seen a single guy shop at Target. Lord knows I... Did I go there? I think I did. I went there once randomly for something in the past 10 or 20 years. Let me know in the comments. If you're a single guy, have you ever shopped at Target alone? I don't think... I, I need to call Guinness World Book right now. I very well might be the only person who's done that. I granted, it's only one time in the past 20 years. That'd be interesting. But nevertheless, do you think this will overall help Target increase their sales? As there, hey, there are a lot of issues in terms of there's a lot of shrinkage, a lot of theft at the company, and they need to get their sales up, especially Q4's most important time of the year. So will this help increase their sales and they'll actually even beat their great results from Q3? Or do you think this might tank the company at the most important time of the year, which traditionally for most businesses is Q4. It'll be interesting to see, but it'd be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have the Avengers. First cast will be all female. Will this attract new fans? Well, probably not, because the Twitter comments are more brutal than Thanos, which, thanks to them interwebs, I actually know is a cultural thing. It is a phenomenon in which this individual snaps fingers and I guess half the population just disintegrates. Fascinating how I, I'm becoming a fan of Star Trek, to say the least. Ha, kidding. I know, it's Disney. Well, Marvel. Now, this first came to the cultural lexicon thanks to a post on the Twitter, or again, as 12 people call it, X, by the, a handle by the name of Screen Rant, which, A-plus for marketing, it's a company that rants about film and cinema. You know exactly what you're getting. Certainly better than something as silly as the Topping Show, which has never once... No? Did we cover Papa John's Pizza once for fiscal quarter results? I don't think so. Nevertheless, back to the topic at hand. And they did a tweet or post where they say, quote, Marvel Studios has confirmed the arrival of a young Avengers in the MCU with Ms. Marvel taking on the role of the founder. Kate Bishop is the first recruit and could take up a leadership position. It's suggested Cassie Lang will be recruited soon more at our website and the picture is of the marvel cinematic universe the mcu officially confirms the first three young avengers who else will join and is a picture of the three actresses got 89.2 thousand views and 826 likes now let's dive in and see what the results are alex says quote m she you unquote with the laughing emoji and i would give him a plus for word puns because I find them moderately entertaining myself. I got 58 likes. Mandelongo says, quote, go for it, the MCU is officially dead after this weekend, unquote, getting 21 likes in reference to the past weekend when the Marvels came out and about 18 people saw it. I mean, I'm kidding, it wasn't that bad, but it was the worst opening in Marvel opening ever, which again is also known as terrible. The, perhaps the business blunder of the fiscal quarter. I mean, nothing's going to be Bud Light. In one quarter, they lost $400 million in sales compared to the same period last year. But, yeah, Marvel is, uh, in terms of stock, they're, well, I guess Disney is a stock. But nevertheless, if Marvel is an individual stock, I would say it's still downward precipitously for quite some time. Now, other comments. This one by Cody Warner says, quote, could there be a Morgan Stark in the future, unquote, getting five likes? And Tion Jackson says, quote, I see you all left the black girl out from Black Panther 2, unquote, getting two likes. Carlos Debro says, quote, let the flops continue. So glad I'm over CMBMs as a whole. MCU sucks now, and DC is just a mess, unquote, getting 11 likes. Let's see here. 
someone by the name of John Scorsese, quote, so they're going to anchor the young Avengers with a character who's shown no one watched and was the co-star of what likely be the biggest MCU flop? Totally don't see this being a big problem, quote, getting 21 likes. <laughs> this one's pretty good. Jason Lev Levers says, quote, this is going to make thousands of dollars, unquote, getting 14 likes, which is comical because, again, Disney and Marvel used to make billions of dollars in revenue. Now they're making negative billions of dollars, which, again, is what happens when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. It's a fascinating phenomenon. If you ever take a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy, the image actually degrades every time you do that, which is a great metaphor for what Disney is these days as they just copy the same ideas again and again, and they become worse and worse. It'll be interesting to see if they ever make a profit on a film. That'd be a good gamble if you're into gambling and ask your friends. Although, perhaps I should say for the record, I don't recommend gambling. But one of those things, when will they actually make a profit on a film? That, I mean, who knows that? What are the Las Vegas odds on that? Nevertheless, back to the comments. Let's see here. Tony says, quote, oh boy, yeah, I'm not sure this fresh crew is going to be the ticket to success. I'm quoting 10 likes. Let's see here. I'm trying to see if there's any positive ones. Oh, here's one. Ninja Raves says, quote, Spider-Man, OFC, Sam Alexander Nova, Artemis, Cho, Kid Hulk, Billy and Tommy Maximo, Riri Williams, Love, Thorsendor, V Vision. There are plenty of options in this future. I'm quoting at the guy three likes. I think it was mostly English. I for love I couldn't really tell. Let's see here. A lot of people saying this is a parody of a parody. One profile by the name of BB25 says, quote, guaranteed to make one billion at the box office, make it happen, Marvel. It got zero likes, but it's just amusing to see, because again, I, it, there is no comprehensible way for this to make a billion dollars. It, I, a billion pesos, maybe, but I can't fathom. Again, because we've also seen a huge cultural shift where we used to have movies making a billion dollars easy. Marvel used to do that consistently. I think there are a lot of reasons why they don't anymore, but nowadays it's pretty rare. Now it's only a couple of movies, and they're not Marvel films. So as the youth might say, they were viscerally ratioed in this idea, and again, I don't know what they're, well, I don't know if they're just inebriated beyond all belief using um, questionable substances at Marvel, but let me know in the comments, do you think, it, is this going to be a huge idea to knock it out of the park? Or do you think, again, it's just going to flop like pretty much every Marvel movie had for the past over a year? It would be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek going viral for a post in which he notes the discrepancies between Biden, Haley, and Cheney's government salaries versus their net worth. Now this is on Twitter, or again, as 18 people call it, the X, which... I can't believe it's not a brand collaboration with the X-Men. But nevertheless, we know Marvel doesn't do good ideas these days. Now, Vivek specifically says, quote, and he has a meme, or not a meme, a picture to go along with it. Vivek says, quote, there's a name for this. It's called corruption regardless of your gender, unquote. And there's a picture in which the picture says net worth before holding public office. Joe Biden was less than $100,000. His current net worth is $10 million. Dick Cheney, again, before was $100,000. 
Current net worth is $150 million. And Nikki Haley was, again, sub $100,000. And now current net worth is $8 million. Although, now that I think of it, I can't... There's no way Dick Cheney was worth that little before he got into public office. He was the CEO of Halliburton, which is one of the most successful companies in history. So I, I'm not sure about that particular statistic. And as youth might say, this went viral. This got, within a day, got 850,000 views and 14,000 likes. And as we dive into the comments, oh, I'd probably venture to say 70% positive. But let's dive in and find out. Someone by the name of The Right Guy says, quote, most politicians are crooks, unquote, getting 140 likes. Ooh, getting grim, but perhaps realistic. Mr. Boudreaux says, quote, FBI right now. It's a picture of, Brad, I think it's Brad Pitt Fury, one of the movies about war. And Brad Pitt is just pointing in the little text on the screen, says, shoot that guy. And that got 147 likes. Volunteerist says, quote, politicians should own nothing and be miserable, unquote, getting 27 likes. Timbo says, quote, louder, getting 67 likes. Eduama says, quote, it's called war profiteering, unquote, getting 14 likes. Thunda says, quote, corruption, unquote, getting 37 likes. Hey, someone actually agreed with me. A rare occurrence. Let's mark this in the history book today. But all seriousness, Mr. John Mortson said, quote, don't get me wrong, I think they're all crooks, but Cheney was worth less than 100K. Was that in high school? Unquote, getting, again, 55 likes. I'm curious, how much did he make at Halliburton? Uh, Cheney, Halliburton package. Because when you leave a company, let's see, close look at Jake Cheney. Usually when you leave a company after about a long period of time, they give you like a severance package, especially if you're an executive. And again, this is just the first website I pulled out. This is from the Los Angeles Times. And they say that this is, ooh, a vintage article from August 17th, 2000. Oh, dear God, that was a lifetime ago when Twitter was just a, something a bird did outside. Or a tweet, nevertheless. Now, this notes that Dick Cheney, who at the time was a GOP nominee for VP, won an early retirement stock. Again, this is a stock package worth $33.7 from Halberton Co., which they know, well, they so... I was going to say, for the three people who don't know what Halliburton is, they're a Texas-based energy firm where he was the CEO for five years. This, that was according to the re figures released by the company. Again, that's not cash, and again, the government's going to steal a lot of it when you liquidate it or when you actually cash in your stock and sell your stock. But, I mean, again, I, I think he... Now, don't get me wrong, that's not $150 million, or the figure he was worth later. But, yeah, entering, it looks like he's probably worth... I mean, if he got paid specifically by Halliburton in 33 and a little bit of a million in stock. His total net worth, which usually includes your house, your car, and all that kind of stuff, I think maybe a couple hundred, maybe a couple million more, maybe 36 total. I mean, again, I'm just ballparking here. I might have a, he might have a large estate or something like that as well. But yeah, I think that is one of the little discrepancies there. Now, that did get 55 likes. Michael, classic liberal, says, quote, holding political office should not be a career, unquote, getting 30 likes. Ivan Casanew says, quote, whatever Vivek, I think your tongue is corrupt, I'm quoting 51 likes. James says, quote, keep it going, brother, getting 68 likes. Let's see here. 
Alex Boudreaux says, quote, from the graphic, Cheney appears to have the best ROC, return on corruption, of all. I'm quoting nine likes. Let's see here. All right, interesting. Another note about Dick Cheney's work. So this is a poll from Diego. He says, quote, this does not seem correct at all. Cheney was Halliburton's CEO prior with a multi-million comp and long career. There's no way he was worth 100K. Overall, I support Vivek Ramaswamy, but, but I support the truth above any politician. And then the two options for this vote was this info is true or this info is not true. Of the 59 votes that were cast, 67.8% said this info is not true. Now, I wonder, now I'm curious, how much does a vice president get paid? I'm guessing a quarter million. How much does the vice president get paid? Let's see. Tech. How much does the vice president? How much president of the United States of the USA? Okay, this is uh, how much? Okay, so again, this is according to Wikipedia. They're saying that the vice president of the United States gets. Oh, I'm so close. I said quarter million is $235,100 per year. So yeah, I was for a second, I thought maybe Vivek was referencing to the original money they got paid when they first started, but no. So it looks like that is a discrepancy. Someone by the name of Witty News Daily says, quote, bribes don't discriminate. They're an equal opportunity employer, getting seven likes. Larry says, quote, it's from all those kickbacks and greasy palms, getting 10 likes. So it looks like, again, uh, let's see here. Someone by the name of Final Cut Michigan, or MI, says, quote, Haley needs to renegotiate with Boeing because even Letitia James gets paid more, 50 million, probably by source, but still, if you're going to sell yourself due to the highest bidder and have some self-respect, unquote, got 13 likes. So again, I think I was pretty close. Uh, probably about 70% positive. A couple pointing out the discrepancy that, again, from the evaluation of Dick Cheney. But overall, a lot of people agree with that. And people have been saying that for years. It'll be interesting to see if any substantive laws are passed in regard to the crossover or the situations in which people are hired between the government and the private sector, or at the end of the day, if anything just remains the same. But let me know in the comments if you think this will help bolster Vivek in the polls and give some more support, be about the same or neutral, or it might even hurt him, maybe get some votes taken away from him. Be passing here what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Ron DeSantis critiquing Nikki Haley, who wants to remove anonymous social media profiles. Which again, she said, one or two good ideas, albeit I don't think they're too original. One that I kind of like is repeal the federal gas tax to make our lives a little bit more affordable. Lord knows it tax everything already as is, from your income tax, to your sales tax, to your liquor tax, to your tobacco tax, to your fuel tax, to your tax tax, your electric tax, to your internet tax. And just kind of hard to comprehend that the United States actually gave Great Britain the ultimate breakup letter and by simply because they were taxing our tea and not giving us representation. And now everything is taxed. But nevertheless, Nikki Haley goes on Fox News and play this short clip of her. She actually says how she thinks it's a good idea to remove all privacy and just have, if you want to make a comment on social media, you have to have your real name and be verified. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, 
Social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand. One of the most old cliche things you hear, I'd say a lot of people on the right, is it's just use magical words like national security and people acquiesce and give credit to your lot, which unfortunately historically has happened, like the Patriot Act, which destroyed every semblance we have of privacy. And by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. When I... Mm, no, it would not at all. Also be a huge threat to freedom of speech because there are some people who maybe their employer doesn't agree with their political ideals. Well, all of a sudden, they're not allowed to speak because they'll lose their job. I know a lot of people, especially who work in tech, where they'll have a different profile name on social media so they can freely comment about their ideals and debate ideals online. Because they know if they were to actually say, hey, I work at this big tech company, well, they would lose their job in a second. Now, DeSantis responded, and DeSantis says, quote, you know who were anonymous writers back in the day? Alexander Hamilton, John Hay, and James Madison when they wrote the Federalist Papers. They were not national security threats, nor are the many conservative American, Americans across the country who exercise their constitutional right to voice their opinions without fear of being harassed or canceled by the school they go to or the company they work for. Haley's proposal to ban anonymous speech online, similar to what China did, is dangerous and unconstitutional. It will be dead upon arrival in my administration." Unquote. Which again, of all the things DeSantis has said in the past perhaps three weeks, this is, I suspect, going to be one of the most positive responses in terms of feedback from him saying this. And for him, it went ridiculously viral. DeSantis saying this comes from his personal Twitter, or his 12 people call it X. This got 3.2 million views. And he actually did a picture of himself saying text freedom to that number if you want to you know, get part of that. So he responded to his own tweet, and he himself uh, that got 532 likes on that. To the original tweet, it got 22,000 views. Ooh, although the first one might be roasting him for plagiarism. Now, the first comment comes from Trisha McLaughlin saying, quote, Ron, eyes on your own tweets. And Vivek said, quote, Alexander Hamilton, John J. and James Madison all wrote the Federalist Papers under a pseudonym. Here's what they would say to Nikki Haley if they were alive. Get your heels off my neck and go back to England, unquote. They got 430 likes. Now, granted, DeSantis isn't going to call out Nikki Haley for heels. A lot of people are saying that's something they have in common. Chase Geisler says, quote, Vivek already made this point, unquote, getting 210 likes. Coco says, quote, I'm sick of these fake conservatives who want to mandatory identification on social media. And ha hashtag at real Donald Trump said, quote, and she, so she responded with a quote from Trump and the hashtag at real Donald Trump said, quote, it should be mandatory that all haters and losers use their real name or identification when tweeting. They will no longer be so brave, unquote. She got 582 likes. Federal Kentuckian says, quote, if we lived in the same world, this would finish off Nikki Haley as a presidential candidate, unquote. I got 582 likes. Candace Owens chimes in. She says, quote, strong with the emoji of the American flag. I got 243 likes. Dustin McLaughlin says, quote, 
Epic response from DeSantis on Haley trying to eliminate anonymity from social. Our founding followers wrote the Federalist Papers in defense of our Constitution, did so anonymously. We need the government less in our business, not more. We need privacy to be protected, not less. Haley is sounding like a progressive liberal on this. And that's one of the top responses. It got 604 likes. Just when I thought he might get some positive responses. Let's see. That's not really funny. Someone did a... They didn't have to do much work, but they did a little work so they had the president of China's face put on Nikki Haley's body. And unfiltered boss says, quote, Nikki Haley is trying hard to please the CCP. Got 731 likes. Proud Elephant says, quote, you have my vote. Hashtag DeSantis 2024. Got 110 likes. Robert Salvador says, quote, rest in peace, Nikki Haley's campaign. Got 294 likes. So overall, let's see here. Jill Athney also says, thank you for respecting our right to privacy and freedom to express our rights as free speech. Getting 99 likes. So overall responsive, but a lot of people pointing out that Vivek beat him to the punch. And a lot of people kind of saying, oh yeah, why are you copying him? So it's actually, uh, yeah, a lot of the comments are saying weird. This sounds aw an awful lot like Vivek's post. And there are, shoot, I mean, there are many people in the comments saying, why are you copying Vivek? And you're responding with Vivek's original tweet. So I spoke too soon. This very well might actually hurt DeSantis because of the copying effect. Granted, I don't know how much lower his campaign can get in terms of approval ratings. I think he's bottomed out at 14%. I don't think it'll go below that. And I say approval ratings, I mean in these polls where they're going for the Republican nominee, right now he's about 14% and Trump's usually 58%. And Nikki Haley is probably around 9%, Vivek around 5%, and Chris Christie is still around 2.9%. So let me know in the comments, do you think this will help DeSantis? It's kind of 50-50 split in the comments section, but be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek roasting Nikki Haley as she claims he is sexist. Now, this is where she went on the Ruthless podcast, which supposed to make sense. She's sounding ruthless. Now, before the video, Vivek says, quote, Sorry, Nikki, having two chromosomes doesn't immunize you. Ron McDaniel or Kristen Welker for criticism. I don't think Kalama Harris is going to run, so there might be an opening for you in the party of identity politics, unquote. Which many people are going to appreciate and many people I'm sure will comment as being a spot on observation as she has made not all, but many comments that would agree with more of their philosophies. Now, granted, thankfully, it's only 20 seconds long, so I'll go ahead and I'll, without further ado, play that clip really quick. What happens? He comes out of the gate, he hits the female chair of the party, he hits the female anchor on the platform, and then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. Yeah. I'm just saying he might. I have a girl Yeah, Nikki Haley also called him scum during the debate when he pointed out that she was just Dick Cheney in high heels. She called him scum because of that. I mean, I'm sure some people could argue that's a more of a pejorative insult than saying someone's just... And the funny thing about that, she didn't dispute being Dick Cheney in high heels. She just defended her having heels. So she's okay aligning with Dick Cheney's philosophies, which, again... There's some people in the conservative party who love Dick Cheney, and 
I'm sure that will get her some more votes for the nominee. I'm not sure if it's the majority of the votes that will get her over the top to beat DeSantis, or I was going to say everyone's 30, 40, 50 points behind Trump anyway. But that did get a little bit over half a million views on Twitter, or as five people call it now, X. Let's go to the comments and see if they're positive, or do they viscerally roast her? Nero says, quote, this is the same, quote, used by X chromosomes as both a sword and a shield, a quote, tactic used by Hillary in 2016. Quote, I'm a woman and therefore uniquely tough to handle this job, followed by immediately by, quote, I am, I get attacked by men because I'm just a girl, unquote. I got 349 likes. Kathy says, quote, a lot of women want to be treated equally until they get criticized, unquote. I got 248 likes. Adam Atomic says, quote, you know you're losing when, dot, 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 gender card, unquote, 238 likes. Mark Dice responds saying, quote, Nikki Haley sounds more like Hillary Clinton every day, unquote, getting 679 likes. Steve Steele says, quote, she's so fake and dangerous or disingenuous. Dyslexia to be damned. Probably, perhaps. I was going to say, click the subscribe button. It may fix that. Maybe, probably. I'm not a scientist, but just saying, couldn't hurt to try it out. Now, again, Stephen Steele said, quote, she's so fake and disingenuous, unquote, getting 374 likes. Ben Dembski says, quote, every day she sounds more and more like Hillary, unquote, getting 164 likes. Thundra says, quote, we need to forget about her. She is done, getting 285 likes. Trying to, and I'm scrolling to see if there's anything that agrees with her. Let's see. A lot of people say, oh my gosh, she's been playing this card. Rest in peace, her campaign. She'll never be president. Conservative Zoomer says, quote, she's trying the I'm with her, unquote, way to the nomination. So annoying, getting 60 likes. Which, again, was part of Hillary Clinton's campaign, which, I was going to say, in terms of merchandising, I believe they had a lot of the hats, sweaters, and mugs where they said, I'm with her. Let's see here. Jim Montaru saying that LOL exactly. A lot of people using the burn emoji. So, yeah, I was going to say, again, a lot of people are starting to lean into the critique of Nikki Haley. You know, granted, there's a, a big volume of material to work with. I wonder if this because they perceive her as a threat. I mean, traditionally, you see Trump, he'll usually focus on the person he thinks is the biggest threat to him politically. And he'll make jokes about them, or he'll especially critique their policies. Now, let me know, do you think, I mean, given Vivek's past, and granted, I don't know him personally, I've never met the guy, but given his public-facing statements that I've read and I've seen, I don't suspect there's any authenticity to these statements. Again, you have the RNC working against him and literally shooting down his request to do debates with people while they're allowing other people to do debates, such as DeSantis going and doing a debate with Gavin Newsom, who's well, realistically he's probably going to be the Democrat nominee if Biden doesn't make it. Now, you also have the RNC saying that they won't give Rebecca a dime in financing, and they said because he's in pejorative word, I'm not going to say on the show. But Ron McDaniel is also a career loser in terms of historically. The Republicans, ever since she's joined the head as the RNC, they lost again and again and again and again. And she does nothing different. She Apparently, when Vivek talked to her, she didn't even know about the recent mishaps of the Republican elections. So it's not too surprised that there's a um, little bit of adversarial behavior between the two. And I think a lot of people would say Vivek is not a traditional Republican. And perhaps that's the reason why he's going against the grain of the Republican Party or the RNC isn't much of a fan of him. 
But again, he's critiquing the RNC based on, you know, their track record as well as her actions. And she's actually showed her bias. She, Ron McDowell has said she, he won't get a dime, which, again, if he gets a Republican nominee, the point of the RNC is they should be presumably the one that is actually funding their campaign. But nevertheless, let me look at this. be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have the post office hitting a $6.5 billion loss for 2023. Now, granted, they're also part of the government, so it could be the government business blunder of the day or the government blunder of the day. But if we were to cover that topic exclusively, well, that'd be the whole show because there's so many vast volume of ineptitudes from them. Now, this is thanks to Fox Business. They noted that the U.S. Postal Service has posted a $6.5 billion net loss for fiscal 23, while operating revenue fell by $321 million. Now, they also noted that while operating revenue fell $322 million, or about 0.4%, to $78.2 billion compared to the same time period last year. The first-class mail fell to lowest volume since 1968. Now, not to brag too much, but I can't help but think I'm single-handedly keeping them employed with a myriad of thank you cards and handwritten notes that I sent throughout the years and posted stamps that I continue to purchase. And it's also another annoying anti-competitive thing. You can't send a postcard or a card through UPS or FedEx. The government has a nice monopoly on that. They also know that the federal entity pointed to a $2.6 billion in inflation cost and decrease in mail volume for significant losses. The 2023 fiscal period for them ended September 30th. Which again, ironic, the government caused the inflation partially. They know that the total operating expenses for FY 2023 were 85.4 billion, a increase of 5.8 billion or 7.3% compared to the same time period last year. The UPS hoped to break even on a 2023 as part of a 10-year restructuring plan known as the quote unquote Delivering for America that was announced in 2021 it aims to eliminate $160 billion in predicted losses. However, the plan has taken an early hit in the news of 2023 losses. This is real. Can't speak today. If you click the comment section, it may cure my lack of ability to speak. Probably. Perhaps. Can't hurt to try. Now, they noted also that the results came after the USPS posted a net income of $56 billion last year. However, that stemmed primarily from a bailout via the Postal Service Reform Act in 2022, which ended a mandate of, of pre-fund retirees' health benefits. The agency's adjusted loss in 2002 was $473 million. Let's see here. Now, the Postmaster General DeJoy said, quote, We are also addressing our near-term financial headwinds relative to inflation as we make strong progress in our long-term cost control and revenue-generating strategies, unquote. Well, you won't be one really effective way. Oh, let's go back to the numbers really quick. So the first-class mail fell by 6.1% in 2023 and is down 53% since 2006. But revenue from first-class mail increased $515 million, or 2.1%, because of higher price of stamps. Always increasing those price of stamps. Always. Now, they also know that first-class is the highest revenue-generating class by mail, accounting for $24.5 billion, or 31% of the USPS revenue in 2023. It is used most by people to send letters and pay bills, the net loss was also impacted by accounting for its underfunded retirements caused by an accrual revaluation and discount rate changes, the agency claimed. The USPS has 640,000 employees reported a 2.6% increase in employee compensation and benefits cost, coming to a total of $52.8 billion. It plans to cut $1 billion in transportation costs next year. Which, again, that's nothing. It's $1 billion? Ridiculous. Now, they also say their 
planning to yet again increase push and stamp rates in January, which will mark the fifth rate hike since 2021. This coming on the heels of a July postage increase. Which, yeah, retiree benefits, wages are one of the biggest chunks, and you just can't talk about those because you'll lose their votes. It's one of those instances where one of the best metaphors for unions and the government is a post office. Go to a post office. You'll see, well, I suppose I appreciate it because I mean, I kind of appreciate retro gaming, but you'll see two TVs in the 90s. You'll see six employees working there, but only two of them actually doing anything because they're in a union. Their jobs are protected. They don't have to try. It's the most cushiony job on the planet. I'll never forget. I was in line because I had to do a passport years ago. There's a line of people, like 12 people waiting in line. There are five, no, six people working, working, unquote, unquote, at the post office that day. Two of them were at the counter. One was in the back, and two of them were standing there doing nothing. In any apt business, anyone with a modicum of intelligence or effort or strive to improve, anyone, they would open up another third or fourth register so they could facilitate that line of additional customers. Of course they did not. And I'd like to go against the grain every once in a while. When I finally did get to the front line, I asked, um, hey, uh, what, can you open one of these up to help out other people? And I won't comment on, let's just say she didn't put much effort into her looks, but nevertheless, she lazily said, oh no, I'm a, I'm a supervisor, I don't do that. So in the most cliche, corrupt union method ever example, she was standing there on her smartphone playing games. And the other gal, I kid you not, was doing her nails. They were supervisors. No private sector business would ever do that. No one with a modicum of business intelligence would. Not only does it cost you a lot of money because you're paying them to do nothing, especially with all these ridiculous benefits and they're not competitive, but also just in terms of customer appreciation and doing the right thing for the customer, everyone in that line had a disdain towards those lazy employees because we knew they were getting paid to do nothing. A private sector company, they would open up additional lines. They would have employees help you. Not stand there and do nothing. And in the private sector, if you saw that, they'd be out of business soon. You'd go somewhere else and find a better option. However, you can't in this case because they have a monopoly on this. If any company could handle postage, they, the USPS, they'd be gone overnight. The only justification you could possibly have for their existence is to assist Americans in rural America where it's not yet fiscally attractive for someone like FedEx or UPS to reach them and provide them service yet. I believe that price point will drop down dramatically once we employ newer technologies. We're gonna have a lot of drone deliveries in the future, I'm sure. But as long as they're not allowed to compete in the market, there's also not a lot of incentive to go after delivering of those small things like little handwritten cards. And granted, those things are also going down in popularity. When was the last time you got a handwritten card? Also a good way to stand out, depending on what your career is or who you are as a person. That's why I, one of the reasons I like to send them to show them my appreciation. So to have such a huge, massive loss, and again, they're not gonna do anything to fix it because then after the government will just continue to bail them out. So that, that's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Again, thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Don't forget to take the time to like, subscribe, and comment. Trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. And your feedback is also greatly appreciated. If you gave me notes in the comment section, that's how I know what things I need to work on to make the show better and better. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.